So series six of Black Mirror came out on <laughs> Thursday. Uh, we've done five episodes in three, four days. And before we actually get into any of the episodes, um, I actually want to ask you, and I'll, I'll give you a reason why I'm asking this question. Mm. Is Black Mirror actually a problem at this stage? The reason I ask is Charlie Brooker takes an idea, does a story within a within a one episode period, and then moves on to the next idea. And and is that mm. taking away from other potential writers that could use some of these concepts that he has, you know, and make you know full fuller stories out of them? You know, is it is he just all these um, social commentary episodes and and ideas? Does he you know is he actually saturating it? So when someone wants to come up with that original idea, he's already done it in one episode in a 45 minute period. I, mean, I don't think you can blame a writer for having his own ideas when someone else could have had them. <laughs> like, but, it, but it's like, he, there's concepts that he ties up within one hour that maybe yeah. have scope for the idea for to actually be, you know, really well explored. And, I, and I'll come to that kind of later on in the podcast. But is, or is that just, there was an argument we had earlier on where I said people can't write concise stories anymore. That's why everything's got to be a series. But you mm. kind of disagreed and said, well, that you know, that's the whole point of film. <laughs> you know, being able to have a concise... Yeah, well, I think Charlie Brooker, what he's done with Black Mirror is uh, created, like, one of the few remaining anthology series that stands up as a sort of... Well, a sort of evidence that you can still do the short story in, in modern entertainment. Mm. Um, like, obviously, you know, we've, because we look at TV and film in these episodes, we often come uh, up against the problem of them being completely different mediums and, compl- and, and they have different goals. Mm. Uh, when you set out to write a movie, that's a very different task to when you set out to write a TV series. Um, and I think recently we've been seeing the two things become less distinguished from each other. They're becoming more similar. Um, and Charlie Booker, Charlie Brooker, sorry, is, um, is doing the anthology thing. You know, each episode is an, an entirely separate story. They kind of exist within the same universe. There's always hints to the previous ones and ones to come and all that kind of stuff. But they are individual stories. They're mm. standalone pieces. And they're the short story. Um, and that's fine. I mean, writers have been doing collections of short stories forever, right? And... I think more writers should be doing this, really, mm. than writing these sort of long, drawn-out TV series or, or, or even worse now, series of movies. It takes years, mm. you know, these massive cinematic universes. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, so um, we weren't... Well, I don't think we originally planned to talk about every single episode, but I, I actually think I've got in my opinion quite significant commentary to make about each one alright um, what was your favourite episode standout of season 5 you mean mm-hmm. right season yeah, five. so this latest season 5 episodes, five episodes. Lock Henry Lock Henry easily. is your favourite easily interesting yeah easily okay. why uh, two, two simple reasons I enjoyed it the most <laughs> yeah I thought it was the most tense um, like the, the tension that was palpable the, the sort of mystery uh, element was pretty cool um, but also more than anything, I think the um, the the very Black Mirror message 
the very typical two black mirror message came through the most in, in Locke Henry, which is it's a biting commentary on something that happens a lot in contemporary society. I think that you know, that being, you know, Charlie Booker's USP <laughs> that sort of he's sort of moving away from that in season five a little bit, in my opinion. It seems like some of these episodes didn't really have a kind of Social take. Yeah, or they weren't like an allegory for anything very obvious, apart yeah. from Locke Henry, which okay. was very obviously um, a comment on our consumption of true crime documentaries. Mm. And I thought it was really, really interesting. It did that really well. Where, where was the irony in it for you, I guess? Um, is it because despite the incident being really close to home, the producer found a money-making scheme out of it, is that? I think what it what it did really well was um, to show that these stories affect real people. So obviously Davis being the son of the, the perpetrators of the crime and, and, and also making, you know, the, the, the documentarian, uh, he's talked into making documentary and the discovery that he makes is of course that his parents are the are the murderers uh, or his parents are the villains and although the movie does or the, the documentary yeah, the movie that he creates does really really well and wins a, a Grammy or an Emmy or whatever it wins um, he loses everything he loses both of his parents are dead as a result of the things that have happened at Lock Henry uh, his girlfriend Pia who originally talks him into making the movie and really is sort of one of the main creative uh, influences that the movie has dies as a result of it and he is he's left completely he loses everything um, and I think it's like quite a powerful reminder that these stories that we all sort of love to watch on Netflix and talk about and kind of it's, it's that sort of like attraction to horror that we all have mm. well it's very very common in modern society the murderabilia thing um, it's a reminder that, that actually this, these stories affect real people it like really yeah. happens and it's not just for our entertainment I guess my favourite uh, shot or scene I guess from that episode um, was when the you know because it cuts after Pierce slips into the river and mm. his mom hangs herself and it's sort of all over. Um, it cuts to the award ceremony and Locke Henry, the documentary that Davis has made, winning, uh, presumably an Oscar or whatever. Um, and during while they're announcing the uh, the nominees and the and the winner, it cuts back to um, the guy <laughs> played by Pod. Got his name. Davis's mate back at Locke Henry in the pub. And he's got it playing in the bar and it's packed full, you know, it's brought tourism back to the place. Um, and he brings Davis up when they win and he's going, oh, like, congratulations. And Davis just hangs up on him like his friend's not seen or not, yeah. not aware of the emotional effect this has had on him. Or the fact that he's just lost like his girlfriend, his entire family and is living with the fact that he's the son of two serial killers. Um, but, but I think that my really nice detail was that, you know, his, uh, his mom had the mask on in the videos that they find and, and she has the mask hanging on the wall. That's one of the ways that Pia discovers who she is. When it, during that scene, you know, when it cuts back to the bar uh, during the award ceremony, 
all of or half of the the customers in the bar like the people the, the tourists have got that mask on it's like you know contribute it's the murderabilia thing yeah it's turned it into like a, a, a pop culture reference I guess like and it's already become this kind of this driving force in tourism for Lock Henry this as I've already just said like a pop culture reference and it's not a real life story that affected somebody real who is Davis who lived in the area and who is supposedly this barman's best mate so I think yeah it, it just it takes away the personal element um, of these stories when they blow up and win win awards <laughs> absolutely I suppose maybe Brooke is also saying making a comment on what it costs filmmakers uh, just to win awards you know cost them everything I don't know maybe I'm stretching that though <laughs> <laughs> so my favourite episode was Beyond the Sea so this is episode three um Actually, the longest episode, it was an hour and 20 minutes, and um, it's about two astronauts who have, um, they're in space, they have androids basically living with their families at home, and one of the astronauts' um, family and his android is killed by a um, Charles Manson type cult. Yeah, okay. Um <laughs> <clears throat> who who said that you know natural order needs to be restored and families can't live with androids and it's disgusting and everything. So that so then it comes back to this the, the, the there's kind of a side story here where um, the other astronaut played by Aaron Paul uh, named Cliff. His relationship at home is strange. You can tell that the wife and Cliff are you know not in a quite you know not the healthiest she's relationship. struggling a bit with the idea that he's android and his mind is somewhere else you know or he's, he's sort of he doesn't she feels he's not quite as present since he's been in space mm, yeah <laughs> and the reason i really liked this episode i think is is down to i looked at it like are they trying to do a matrix type thing here and but what, what really came was, I think, a really nice spin on, on that kind of concept. And I thought the tension specifically within... I, I, you always felt like you knew what was going to happen. And, it, and then there was all these tiny shifts, you know, where um, Cliff gives David, the other astronaut, um, his key to kind of use his body, his android body in the, in the real world to go and paint and and talk and, and spend time with people. And, and what ends up happening is David, the, the other astronaut, who was a much more lo loving husband, let's say, um, almost starts to woo Cliff's wife. wife. And I, you know, throughout the first 45 minutes was like, oh, well, this is gonna happen, this is gonna be awful. Um, you know, Cliff's wife's gonna have an affair with this other astronaut and it's all gonna be under wraps and that's gonna be really uncomfortable to see. Um, that didn't quite happen, but the uncomfortableness remained. And, and, and you know, we, we get to the point where the wife tells Cliff, you know, he's made, he made a move on me. And then the astronauts millions of miles away in real life have, that, have those confrontations. Mm. And then I thought, okay, so it's going to get to a natural point where David, astronaut in space, kills Cliff and replaces... Yeah. Hum, uh, replaces Cliff 
and lives through Android Cliff. Yeah. I was like, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. And then it doesn't happen. And, and, and I'm thinking, okay, is it just going to, you know, is this episode just going to end? So I'm on this roller coaster of thinking some one thing's going to happen and something similar happening, but it's still being quite yeah. really haunting. And, and, and obviously it kind of ends with um, Cliff, real life Cliff, as when he's in the android body, being called back up for a mission, gets sent out into outer space to, to work on the ship that they're on. And there's this really tense 45 seconds where, you know, he realizes that there's nothing wrong with the ship. He tries to get back in the ship and no one's there to answer. And then again, I'm still going, okay, this is how he kills him. Yeah, you think David's and, not gonna let him back in. Then. And then the green light flicks on yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. Maybe this is just going to end, and actually, it's going to be you know oh, a really yeah. amicable situation. And then it's just that, you know, where's my keys? Yeah. And they're in his pocket. Yeah. And he just hands them to him, and he had a shave the morning before, and and yeah. you thought, why is he? What's he preparing himself for? Hey, he's preparing himself for something. And I don't know if you felt that at that point as well. The sh- for some reason, him shaving meant everything to me like mm. something's definitely going down because he's mm. shaving I don't know why that was significant and I think I have to kind of respect again the writing to for some reason make me feel like that was such a significant yeah. point Cliff takes the key runs to runs to his pod becomes the android and sees that his family has also been slaughtered by David the other astronaut and in his body in his own that's, body that's one of the most horrific moments in the episode for me when when Cliff goes into his android, becomes his android, and he himself is covered in blood. Yeah. He's, in, in a way, he's done it. But of course he hasn't. Yeah. And, and for me, now we, we, we mentioned the Black Mirror losing its identity, I think, and, mm. and I, I agree. I think this, along, along with Locke Henry, um, I think this was the other one that really brings you back to season one, season two of Black Mirror, where it's like, really hardcore stuff and <laughs> it's yeah. it's chilling you th- I, I would think I would think about that episode for a while I yeah. hate space stuff yeah but, so, but yeah. that I also but the thing is as well it's really funny I loved USS Callister from season 4 um, oh yeah the Star Trek the, the, yeah, the, yeah. yeah I loved that episode as well but that for some reason there was something in this that just you knew the fact that you knew that something bad was looming the whole way like, through. Yeah. And it did happen and it was worse than you thought it was going to yeah. be. And I just loved it. I just loved it. And, and again, yeah. for me, the fact that that was actually in a one, one hour and 20 minute period kind of completely defunct my belief that you can't write a concise and brilliant story in, in a yeah, short amount of time. And I, I, honestly, well, I, think, I honestly think constraints what create the best writing, like a short period of time, you know, the short story is the best, in my opinion, and I think this is a, a opinion that's quite popular. The short story is the is the best medium for, for good drama. You start in the middle. You don't you don't have a like an obvious beginning point. You start and the drama is already happening. You start and you're in the middle of it, and that's what Black Mirror has always done really well, especially with this episode. You don't start. You know, Brooker doesn't open up explaining that. Right, look, there's these astronauts in space, and there's you know, and they've got these androids back home that they can enter their conscience into, or their consciousness, I always get that wrong, 
uh, with a sort of key fob and they can go back home and spend time with their families. Men, you know, sort of they can send their minds back home and, and they can essentially be in two places at once. Um, and even though they're completing this mission millions of miles in space, they can spend time with their families like every day or whatever and, and spend most of their, their sort of waking time, I suppose, like back home. Um, Brooker doesn't explain any of that. He just drops you in the spaceship with these two guys, you know, and like you have to work it out for yourself because mm. it's, because the story's already started rolling. Mm. I mean, that that's that's it. You're allowing space between the drama and between uh, and the audience and you're letting us work it out. It makes you feel intelligent and that's not the draw. It doesn't make you feel like a genius, obviously, but you have to do a bit of work. Mm. You have to think about it and that's what make, keeps you invested. Mm. As things are clicking, you're going, oh, that's that's what's going on, and this is what's going to happen, and then he misleads you again, and like that's that's it, and he, that's but, that's that's drama right there. You is, know? is Charlie is Charlie Brooker complimenting his audience though that know no. that know to expect that kind of thing, and and almost because I, I you can you can get to a point, and I I think you do as well. Like I, Tenet comes to mind, where you, we can overcomplicate things where. The story just makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, so I mean, I, let's I'm not go too far you, into that. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Chris Nolan because he's the he's the example of exposition. He's the opposite of this, isn't he? He doesn't do a nice, concise hour and twenty minutes. That's a really rich story that that leaves you think that, that you know you can you'll be thinking about for days to come. He's right. Here's, let, give me a three-hour movie, and at the beginning, what I'm going to do because I've come up with this really ingenious concept that's you know too complicated for anyone else to understand i.e. going into people's dreams or well it's moving backwards or whatever the hell tenant was is that what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give this, them this big exposition dump right at the start and that's exactly what you know it's the opposite of Brooker and it's like the opposite of the short story where the story starts rolling before you know what's going on what Nolan does is he sits you down with a character usually Michael Caine <laughs> and he's sitting there and he explains how it's all going on you know, he, t- mm. he tells you the audience like, look, this this idea is really complicated. We got Leonardo DiCaprio going into people's dreams, and then he can go another layer deep, and he'll explain it to you. And then it's like, right, are you following? Cool, because now we're going to start the story. And the protagonist, you know, is is sort of informed, and you're informed through them, and that is exposition. And, mm. it's, and it's just, you know, if if you if you're following, you're following. Cool. If you're not, well, <laughs> that's the movie sort of gone for you. Yeah. And it's it's not. It, it, to me it's just not clever at all and it's boring more than mm. anything because you don't have to do any work you have to sit down and let Nolan explain this concept to you that he's then going to explore a bit it's the opposite of the short story mm. it's long and waffling um, yeah so now I'm going to talk about some of the so there's three more episodes uh, right. I actually have no problem with Demon 79 uh, I don't know if you want to make any reference to that I thought Demon 79 was a bit of fun at the end of the series um, yeah and I, yeah it wasn't very hard hitting um, necessarily I do have some issues with the way these episodes were ordered really um, okay you mean like oh. and we might as well get into it now I I, okay. th- I think the first three were much stronger than the last two m- meaning like I, I think if Beyond the Sea is episode five, I walk away from Black Mirror with with a with a much. I, I feel that season six 
is brilliant. I forget the bad moments. I think about that lasting impact of the final scene where um, David just pu- pushes pushes the chair open for Cliff, who's just realised that his David's murdered, you know yeah. his, no. his family's been murdered by his own android, and um, well, he's got to live in space, and he's got to live in space <laughs> for another four years with, <laughs> but not the murderer because <laughs> it was his android. It was like almost the intention of the murderer, but. But anyway, I think it's the murder. I think that if that's episode five, that's your showstopper. Yeah. I think episode one in, introduces your old oh, Black Mirror's back. Two, three, really strong, and then I just think it fell off. It almost five wasn't bad. <laughs> we'll come to episode four, Maisie Day, but because of Maisie Day and then the indifference I have to Demon Seventy Nine, episode five it maybe makes me think that this series was weaker than it maybe actually was. Yeah, I know so, what you mean. So I think you, you chuck a poor episode in as uh, episode two and have your strongest episode at, epi- you know, at the very end. I think people maybe look up... Because I've seen, after season four and five, people going, Black Mirror's lost its way, blah, blah, blah. I've seen the episode ratings just there. Episode one, two, and three rated pretty good. Four and five, not so good. Mm. And I think episode five, Demon 79, is probably rated worse because of how poor episode four was rated. Because people hated four and then are disappointed with five as well. It it didn't bring you back to like, oh my God, that was great. Funnily enough, right, that is Netflix and it's not Charlie Brooker. And team. And what I mean by that is that traditionally with an anthology of short stories it's in book form, right? Um, and I might be alone in this, but when I pick up a book of short stories I don't read it cover to cover. I don't start with the first one and, and read them in order. I kind of pick out a title that seems interesting. Or That's not the purpose of a book of short stories, you know, you don't read it like a novel. It's not a, it's not a project you work on over time, it's like, oh I've got a spare five minutes let's find a short one you know sometimes I find myself counting the pages oh this one's five pages right great I'll read it while I've got this I don't know (laughs) two minute break or something (laughs) you know that's sort of the the function of them just punch the mic that's what that's the uh, the function of them when you translate that to Netflix I can't really think of many other anthology series like like Black Mirror there aren't many uh, TV series that just do the whole each episode is different each episode is a is a standalone piece, um, but we're going to maintain this kind of umbrella narrative, or not, not umbrella narrative, but like umbre- umbrella tone. Um, we're always, you know, talking about the threats that technological advancement poses, or, or whatever. You know, it's got it's obviously got a sort of undertone, but each episode is the same thing. Now, Black Mirror is is kind of standalone in that, but when it translates to the screen, you've got you, you know, you've got, you've got to deal with the format of Netflix. And you don't go on to Netflix and think like, oh, which episode should I watch? I mean, you do when it's a sitcom maybe and you've seen it all twice. But when Black Mirror releases a new TV series, you watch it like any other TV series. You hit play and when the episode finishes, it'll go, it'll you know, automatically start playing the next one in five seconds. You watch them in order. And so it gives the series a kind of flow, I guess, you know, like, the impression of the previous episode affects you going into the next one. 
Um, and, it, and it feels like the series drops off at the end, like, you know, the last series of Game of Thrones or something. If, you know, you picked out the really good episodes of Game of... Uh, sorry, of Black Mirror, not just from this series, but not just from season five, but from all of them, from its conception, and you just picked out the really, really good ones and you gave those to someone, they'd think Black Mirror was great. I mean, I don't remember every episode of Black Mirror that I've ever watched. There's ones that have definitely stuck with me and there's the ones that haven't. And that's, I think, the case with most anthology mm. anthologies, you know, short story books or whatever. You forget the bad ones or you forget the ones that don't resonate with you and that's fine. But I think Netflix is dictating that we see this and, and Brooke is fighting against it but I think Netflix is dictating that we see it as a TV series like any other. So I want to talk to you about Jonah is Awful, which is episode one, as it's presented on Netflix. Did you, what did you think of that episode? Did you like it? Um, we got multiversy towards the end, and after just sitting through Spider-Man across the multiverse, <laughs> uh, it kind of felt a bit jarring. But, you know, as, a, as an episode, what, what did you think of Jonah's Awful? I guess this is the one that I'm mostly ambivalent towards. Okay. Like I don't. I didn't have a sort of strong. It, it didn't leave like a lasting impression on me. This one. Uh, I kind of felt a bit like an excuse just to sort of like drop in loads of big names. Sam Hyatt, um, Michael Sarah, being the two major ones. Annie Murphy, I guess as well. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like getting loads of big talent or whatever. Um, and sort of have them play themselves like it's, it's meta in that they're referring to their actual names and um yeah I guess it's it's unique in that it's maybe the, the episode that most overtly sends for Netflix so I um liked the tone of, of Jonah's Awful um but I really I had a huge problem with the plot <laughs> because I think personally now I know stories you know quite quite often at, at this point are you know slight ad adaptations of things that have come before you know you get Game of Thrones or you you know you get 300 and loads of different similar things come alongside them like after Game of Thrones you got The Witcher Vikings you know, you know you, uh, and for me though Jonah's Awful felt like a complete rip off of um, and, th and this is interesting a South Park episode from 12 years ago really? I, and I mean a complete and utter rip off now and that's all I was thinking about from, a, from about as soon as the, the, the hook was that she had agreed to the terms and conditions as soon as that came in, I went, well, this is just South Park. And, I, and I'll, I'll give you the, the, the premise <laughs> really of the South Park episode. Think, I reckon Brooke is the kind of guy that's watched all the South Park. Well, and the, but this is, this is what makes me more suspicious. Do you think he's, yeah, do you think this is like, oh, you think he's thinking, oh, no one will remember. <laughs> and he's actually ripping it off. <laughs> um, series 15, episode one from 2011, um, South Park, is called Human Sense iPad. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what happens is the the new Apple iPads launched, um, and everyone in Colorado goes crazy for it. Cartman, you know, all the kids, they all go crazy for it. And what happens is everyone creates their Apple ID account, and 
as a result of that, you get kidnapped and forced to become part of a human centipede. <laughs> and, the, and the reason and the reason um, Steve Jobs and Apple get away with it is because you signed up to it in your terms and conditions when making your Apple ID account I mean this doesn't seem like verbatim the plot in general <laughs> but, but like but like for me it was like that's the plot and he's just decided to use Netflix yeah and and, and, and I, and I kind of it kind of lost me from that point I was like that is the exact same thing, and and I and I think he can usually be um, credited for his originality, yeah. and and his his uh, he you know the the fact that he is able to look at social cues and and criticize something from a social angle kind of before everyone else starts looking into it that deeply, but then I looked at this and I just went. He was a journalist, he's a journalist, isn't he? Like sort of his job. Well, well, no, I looked at, ah. Now this is that's going to be really interesting because he's not a journalist. All right. I thought um, he was. He was a cartoonist. Oh. And then because so because, because <laughs> I wanted to criticize him because of I I thought I wanted to criticize him based on episode four because I thought it was a journalist, but I won't be able to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was a cartoonist, and then he was on, and then he got onto you know shows like reviewing games and, and things like that, and right. on channel on channel four. Um, so so I, so I don't think he actually ever has almost been a journalist, so okay. to speak. He's he always been a social papers, critic, and he's written yeah, papers yeah, and things yeah. like that. Because I so uh, you know just a, a pre-warning. I thought episode four. I was wondering, is Charlie Brooker as a journalist? protecting the media bros and you know and not actually going really in on the impact that media and paparazzi have on human but we'll, we'll mm. go into that in like five minutes <laughs> um so so yeah i'm sitting there going this is you, your this your big season opener is a south park ripoff from 12 years ago and that and, and he must have yeah yeah he's a cartoonist he's he must to, have seen he's, he's, he's tried to uh, yeah, he's tried to pull a fast one and, and almost go, almost and, and almost like pat, patch it up as your own because probably his maybe his not many of his audience have seen it and he's going to get credited for like oh my god terms mm. and conditions that's what that's what they could be doing to you well yeah because we saw that in South Park 12 years ago yeah. before even Apple actually really took over everything um, Weren't counting on Tristan being a South Park guru, were you, Charlie? <laughs> I'm going to at him on Twitter. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, though, right, I I'm pretty sure there's a thing where everything that's kind of been attempted social commentary-wise, the Simpsons have already done it. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, like... I'm and I know, car you know, cartoon can kind of get away with doing everything because that's what cartoon is able to do. I do hear your point, but to me it doesn't sound like the plots were actually that similar. Like the idea behind it, you know, uh, calling out a big corporation for sort of having rights to almost everybody's life because they are like global and household names um, and sort of saying, oh yeah, well, <laughs> they've got you with a small print sort of thing, like you've signed your life away. Like, it that's... The yeah, line, because the South line, Park have called the that line, doesn't mean no hang one's on. The, the line, but no one reads the terms, the fucking terms and conditions. 
Yeah. We're in both episodes, exactly. Yeah, that, that's the focus of both episodes, exactly. Like, the plot is different. I mean, you know, what South Park didn't do was to, was portray a streaming service in in a very meta way, in the sense that they portrayed this streaming service on the streaming service that it's streaming on. Yeah. Um, portray a streaming service taking your own life and turning it into yeah. a, like a docuseries. And you come home from work every day or whatever, your day, and you, and you flick on Netflix and... There's your day, dramatized mm. with Salma Hayek or something. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. That's the comment that 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 Black Mirror is making with this episode, isn't it? Like it's more than just sort of what have we signed our lives away to by by letting all these massive corporations into our homes? It's also like, oh, imagine if there was a docu series about your life, and wouldn't that make you reflect on what kind of person you are? Because I think what got away in this episode was that Joan actually is awful. Like whoever Joan is, whether it's Annie Murphy's version of Joan or the or the the level one real Joan or whatever, because it gets all meta at the end, doesn't it? And the point is lost in it for me. Joan actually is awful. She's not awful. She, well, she she cheats on a boyfriend with an old flame, and then goes back and has dinner with him on the sofa that he's cooked and obviously put time into, and she's unhappy in the relationship and unwilling to say anything, and. Yeah, like she, she, she is. I think she does. She's between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> well, I didn't have the sympathy for her. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't necessarily have sympathy for her, but I was like, yeah, but okay. But it's interesting because, like, you, I thought it was like the, the subtleness of, like, okay, she's some of the things that she's done are, are quite bad, but actually, probably most, most people's lives, you take, you look into a day in their lives. And uh, there might be something quite dramatic coming out of yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Most like everyone's up to dodgy stuff somewhere, um, aren't they? Like, but what didn't make sense to me about this episode was that uh, Annie Murphy playing Joan, if you if you are following so far, <laughs> um, has a therapy session at the, right at the beginning of the episode. She says, "Oh, I don't feel like the protagonist of my own life. I don't feel like the main character." And that's sort of a comment on the fact that she isn't. She's actually unaware that she's in a te- she is. A TV show. She's data, and she's actually a betrayal. She's an animated likeness of Annie Murphy playing a character called Joan, who's based on a real person mm-hmm. called Joan, and that's the sort of the AI becoming slightly aware of it, I guess, right? But what doesn't make sense is that what happens in the TV series is verbatim almost, with slight dramatic elements added. What happens in the real Joan's life? So presumably, the real Joan has gone to a therapy session and said that she doesn't feel like the main character in her own life. And why? What motive would she have to do that? Because that's not the AI becoming self-aware. That's just Joan going to therapy. So I, I do think this episode. Maybe I've just misunderstood it, but I think the message of this episode was completely like just just lost. Mm. It was just buried under. Because you think like, oh, it's going to be a a analysis of of Joan as a character based on you know she's she's forced to self-reflect because she's been made to watch her, her life as a TV series and that's an interesting idea if you were all had to sit down and watch our days back at the end of every day you probably would start behaving differently mm. but then it's oh actually no it's really meta and there's four levels of Joan and you're actually just nail and it's just like oh right yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then it ended and this is one of those episodes that I will forget yeah um, so there you go you, you, you were struggling to find the point and I'm struggling to realise and would like an answer if Charlie Brooker ripped off South Park 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting at him on Twitter. So, Let's see what he says. 
I mean, he's not going to reply, is he? Coward. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> Maisie Day is the 40-minute episode that really disappointed. Now, we're at... You may think we're at the end and we're not going to touch on this too much, but I actually have quite a lot to say about this. <laughs> because, yes, it was awful. Do you think it was awful? Do you actually think it was awful? Maisie Day. It was the weakest of the five, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I wouldn't say awful, okay. but it was definitely the weakest. So I say it was awful because I think it had the most potential. Oh, yeah. All right. And I think it was... We are in a situation, right? A lot a lot of the audience for it, despite there being a lot of an American influence into Black Mirror right now, there is a huge, huge British audience for Black Mirror. Massive. Um, it's number one on Netflix now. It's number one on IMDb. Well, it's it's huge. So it's absolutely it's a, it's a British team. It started on t- t- Channel 4. Yeah, of course. Of course it would be. We are in a, in a situation over the last five years where we, we've had quite a few public, you know, situations with celebrities that have maybe taken their own lives or... And not because of media or anything like that. But media's but, played but a media role. have played significant roles clearly in the demise of certain celebrities and 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 almost there's something in the media feeding the public all these stories and and the public wanted more and more and 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 on the other, on the other side of this there are there are actually humans that make mistakes and they're in the public eye and they're in the public eye the whole life and i actually watched the um there was a while the Prince Harry stuff's going on mm. in the courts, there was a documentary last week on um, some of some other people that the media has have had massive impacts on their lives and things like that. Um, like it was looking into the phone hacking scandals and stuff like that. Um, and Charlie Brooker and Black Mirror had a real, real opportunity. The episode started with this paparazzi taking a picture of a famous person coming out of a motel had supposedly just had an affair with with another man so you know exposed as gay having an affair blah 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 and then he, and, and then he commits suicide and i looked at that i looked at that point and was like okay charlie brooke is going for it here this is the this is the thing mm. and and what it turned into that f- became irrelevant and there was a, there was a scene outside a club where the paparazzi were like harassing um, a star mm-hmm. and calling them names, and that became irrelevant. And it became a situation where a, a a famous person committed murder while on drugs, and um, there was this ch- there was this chase. She disappeared. No one could find her, and 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 it ended up being. She gets found. She's locked away somewhere, and the whole big secret is she, she she's not a, a murderer. She didn't hit someone with a car and go into hiding and and feel loads of regret. She turns into a werewolf and she eats people. Mm. Now, <laughs> I think the real story in this here is the fact that the you know the impact that paparazzi, public life, and the media can have on human beings. So why are we why was it written that this person that disappeared after doing something quite sinister 
you know why you know that should have been the necessary discovery and and the impact from that and maybe the paparazzi go too far kind of exposing her and the media expose that she's you know some awful human on drugs hitting people you know hit and runs blah 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 but what ended up happening was the paparazzi finding this girl and and taking pictures of her turn into a werewolf so like she so it's not like this is impacting humans oh no she's just turning into a monster yeah so it's not like there's, there's so you disassociate from the kind of emotion I think, around i think i know what you mean subject. yeah there's not a, a palpable point that comes through in this uh in this episode is there like 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 there is with so many other black mirror episodes it's the, like the last line fun. is a, yeah yeah, yeah no, it, the last line is a kick in the teeth yeah and that's what uh, short stories so often are a friend of mine always says they live and die on the last line and I love that like that's that's really true um, the the sort of the final moment of a, of a short story when it's sort of all revealed to you what's going on in such a sharp punchy way that's the power and, mm. and Brooke has always done that really well to leave an impression and leave you thinking about that aspect of modern society and that doesn't happen here he's not trying to do that um it's, I think it's he's tried to play about and, and, and I don't think this was the episode to mess around Demon, no. D- Demon 79 was a, was a pretty fun quirky way to end this, mm. you know to, to just to ha- that was the place to have fun that's what I felt I felt like something really important could have been explored here the fact that humans and you know let's say the, the average person for some reason lust for these scandals mm these celebrity scandals that don't impact your life at all, but you want to know about and you want to expose them. And the media, you know, harass people and paparazzi are, you know, forever waiting outside people's homes to watch them slip up. I think there was that very first five minutes where the pap takes the photo, the guy tries to pay pay her off and he couldn't see another way out. So, I mean, I'm I'm going to defend the episode. There was, for me... Two seconds. There, there's the story, and and I think people, what's the story there? People need people need to see how it something people, like that. But we know, out. no, we but we know. don't know because we still lust for it. We still yeah. pick up the newspapers. So we what, still want to see it. That so I, what should I think, have done with this? Episode? I think Black Mirror over the years has looked at social media. You know the, these yeah. things that take over our lives and gone. This is the this could be the, the impact. impact, yeah. And he didn't. Where, where, and he missed where, an opportunity to do that with himself. That yeah, should okay. have been there here. So I, I mean, this, yeah, I, I kind of see what you mean. There, there is definitely an opportunity for Brooker to have rounded this episode off with a. This is what ha- could have happened with the, you know, with with the current state of photojournalism. Um, but he does that in the first, as you say yourself, he does that in the first five minutes. We all know. With the impact of, of, I mean, maybe not everybody fine, but like, you know, I think for the most part, we're aware that paparazzi are kind of parasitic in their, in their approach to work. It's, 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 it's like Hollywood, it's the world of Hollywood, isn't it? It's the sort of culture around it, culture around celebrities and gossip and Hello Magazine, whatever. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll chat Love Island and that myself and influences, but <laughs> I think there was still a message in this and it, in my head this episode was just a big fuck you to the media because what happens is you, you, you know you open with a character 
who you don't like and Rocky usually does this in the reverse usually you open with a character and you don't know anything about them and then they're revealed to be the villain at the end um, Shut Up and Dance comes to mind with that, that one but in this episode you start off with this character and she's taking photos of a celebrity some figure some public figure of some kind coming out of a motel as you say and you immediately see that she is almost directly responsible for him committing suicide because she takes the photo she has an opportunity to sell them to him for more than she sells them to the paper because he comes out and says please don't publish those I can pay you for them like you know um, and his figure is higher than the amount that she actually gets so I think there's a comment there but you see her straight away be revealed to be a pretty soulless or pretty heartless individual because she takes money and, and doesn't and is quite easily moves past the fact that she is essentially responsible for a man taking his own life like that doesn't affect her in the way that it probably would affect most people and the other journalists that the other photographers around her are going oh it wasn't your fault it's just the game you know so they're all kind of uh, numb to it there's your comment you know you're with your characters and you don't like them you don't like any of them right and then you see them going on this, especially the our protagonist, going on this sort of bloodlust hunt for a woman who's obviously, who is also a public figure, a celebrity, who's also going, falling on really hard times for whatever reason, is on drugs, alcohol, you know, is struggling with substance abuse in some way and has hit someone with a car, as far as we're aware, right? And she's fled to a rehab, a super secure rehab facility, and this individual has, has sorry, our, our protagonist has decided to track her down the total invasion of privacy and get photos of her in the rehab clinic looking like you know like she's fallen off <laughs> looking like she's off the wagon and selling those and I mean you know her, her aim from the very beginning is essentially evil right it's I mean, you know whether you want to say it's evil but it, it's <laughs> it's amoral isn't it um, so we don't like it you know, I'm not. I didn't watch this thinking. Oh, I hope she sort of <laughs> gets paid the three grand for the photos. You know. You'd... Anyway, obviously the twist is a bit strange, and it's that Maisie Day, Daisy Maisie Day, Maisie Day isn't uh, on drugs or whatever. She's a werewolf, <laughs> and she turns into a werewolf while they're all snapping photos of her through the like you know gaps in the shed or whatever that she's in, uh, in this remote part of America. And she, you know, the, the werewolf comes out and eats them all, and you get the reverse. You know, now the the hunters have become the hunted. The photographers are now being sought after. The way they're locking themselves, you know, they flee to the diner and they're locking the doors, they're trying to, you know, hide from it in the same way that, you know, your your public figure is hiding from the, the relentless onslaught of paparazzi coming for you. And even, you know, <laughs> Brooker sends for them even further when their final moments, when they even know they're gonna die, they're still taking photos, you know. And then eventually, obviously, the final moment, uh, our protagonists, best friend or the other photographer that seems like he's the closest to her is killed and she kills the werewolf or whatever she kills Maisie and she goes over to the body of a friend who's dying and instead of trying to help she just takes the camera so I mean she's just got the biggest scoop of her life she's got loads of photos of a werewolf <laughs> um, being real and so I guess you're, you're, le you're left it's a bit sweet ending you're left with or no it's not it's not it's just bitter <laughs> you're left with the, the villain winning in a way like you, it, it's Brooker saying look at these people that they're soulless that they'll you know this is what they'll do for, for money this is like how <laughs> desensitised they are to real human problems or to, to, the, to the 
to, to privacy and all this kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just sending for them. Yeah, I appreciate. I, I, it's ju- not I just I just think it definitely could have been done so much better. I'm not a writer. Um, I, I could suggest mm. <laughs> how you know how it could have, how it could have been done better. Um, but uh, yeah, I I would like to think that this is maybe picked up on by someone and um, maybe something a bit more impactful is created off the end of this Jake Gyllenhaal plays a well he plays a nightcrawler <laughs> I haven't seen that yeah so it's, it doesn't probably won't quite <laughs> like uh, it's give you exactly what you're looking for from what you described but it's that's a, a movie about a man who I mean he becomes a nightcrawler he's a freelance photographer in the same way that these characters in um in episode 4 are um and he, you know, he's like the he races to crash sites in LA, and he wants to be the first there so he can take photos and you know, like get like gory images for for the headlines or whatever, capture people's attention. Like, and he's you know they're snapping photos before the paramedics arrive and stuff. And you know, he resorts to more and more insidious tactics mm. to get to get juicy photos and stuff. Um, and it's, it's even to the point where he starts rearranging crime scenes so the photo, you know, it's that kind of thing. And and it's about sort of this man chasing success what, what, it's not, he's not even changing, you know, it's not like fame success just money mm. wants to get ahead selling photos and actually start you know the photographer becomes not a a sort of inactive bystander but a, 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 an independent variable in the actual scene mm. and I think that's an interesting thing to explore I, I, I think I think my, my almost my disappointment probably a large part of it probably comes from the fact that we we're doing this is happening right now. We're doing this right now. Um, there are major court cases and trials about this kind of thing right now, and there was just an opportunity to kind of bring that home for people because it's in it's not you know it's not it's in people's lives anyway, and I think there was a real big opportunity to proper bring this home for people, um, mm-hmm. and it, I, this was the time to do it. You know, there's a monarch in court against the Daily Mail or you know yeah. and and this was a great opportunity to drop something like this and, and and this is the thing he made it probably a year ago or he wrote it six twelve months ago probably but I just thought it's an opportunity missed um, and just found it a real shame I think I we'll agree to disagree well to be fair I don't actually disagree with you that much I'm defending the, I'm trying to defend the episode because I think it's okay for for not every episode of, it, of an anthology series to be incredible in its own right yeah. you can have one that's like alright yeah the, the, there wasn't a hard hitting point there but I enjoyed it I just thought it was an open goal yeah 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 something that I will call out here though is that I, th- I think you might be reusing sort of ideas a little just a little bit too much um Metalhead, don't remember what sits, which season any of these are in because they've all blurred into one to tell, tell you the honest truth. But Metalhead was three, maybe. Metalhead, the one that was in black and white. Yeah, I never think that was really three. worked out why it was in black and white. But there's a, um, it's a little metal dog thing that just, it'll hunt you down. You know, if you're a human being, it'll hunt you down and kill you, and there's only a few human beings left. It's kind of like a bit reminiscent of uh, A Quiet Place, but without the sound thing because they can't see. <laughs> um, you know, like humans are just on the run and they're just cheap. And I mean, that's kind of what this episode four, you know, just res- resorted to about mm. like three quarters of the way through. It's like, all right, well, okay, there's the villain, run from it, it's coming for you. 
And that kind of concept comes up again and again. I really like the simplicity that uh, Black Mirror has always lent on. Um, White Bear, for example, the one where the woman wakes up in a home and, and everyone, everybody around, like there's no one there, she doesn't remember anything, she goes outside and no one will engage with her, everyone's just taking photos. And then there's like two or three guys that are just there to kill her. And she's running away and she doesn't understand why normal help and people are taking, you know, and it. And it's just this very sort of simple idea, like what would happen if you woke up and people were trying to kill you and you just had to run, do you know what I mean? Like, no, obviously there's a comment there actually in that episode on the bystander effect and, and you know, sort of taking photos and not getting involved and all mm. this kind of thing. Um, but it does seem like to me that Black Mirror sort of falls back on a very, very simple idea of like, all right, the plot has reached climax point. You know, this is you know, the... <laughs> The problem is here and happening now and it's a, usually some kind of dog that's trying to kill you or trying to kill our protagonist and the protagonist got to run and that's it and I, I don't know it does it reminded me of you know I've got to the point now five seasons in where I'm watching episodes and I'm and I'm it's harkening back to episodes that have already happened I don't want to say that oh he's running out of ideas like you're five episodes in, you're five seasons in of course that's going to happen mm. like, I'm not necessarily criticising Black Mirror for it but I don't know there's obviously fresh material you know yeah I I, I kind of agree I, I was six, yeah six seasons in it's maybe time to call it a day maybe mm, no I don't think cool. I can say that I mean you know it's, it's in fairness right it's been four years since season four we're on season six it's been no. four years since season five yeah <laughs> um I think there was the Bandersnatch episode. He did Bandersnatch in between. Yeah, but Bandersnatch was one episode, wasn't it? I know uh, it was, it was, I know like it was special, yeah. yeah. But like you know, um, yeah, I, I, it's been four years. The last, the last, so season five. My bad. I think I've been saying season. Uh, I think I've been getting that wrong this entire episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so season six is the most most recent series, um, and season five was twenty nineteen. Right. So you know, I mean, four years time. There's going to have been. Te- you know, advances in technology, political situations that that uh, that Charlie always sends for politicians. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, and 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 there'll be you know, undoubtedly plenty more material on that front in four years' time, or even in a year's time. So I don't think he's got to stop. The one episode that we haven't talked about much is Demon Seventy Nine. Yeah, is that right? Is that what it's called Demon Seventy Nine? Yeah, I yeah. yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I would say that's. Probably his most unoriginal episode, not being a South Park guru or whatever. I can't. I haven't spotted the other uh, things he's maybe ripped off a little bit, but not accusing him of that. But I think that's the most unoriginal because it's it's kind of, it's like a Marlowe play. It's almost Shakespearean, you know, the concept of uh, it's Doctor Faustus, isn't it? Like you know, you've got a, a demon, you, you've accidentally summoned a demon, and now you you've sort of sold your soul to him or whatever and this character who is a good person but ultimately corruptible slowly becoming corrupted by a demon and having to and being forced into that situation and it's I mean this uh, Demon 79 did it really well because Gap the, the demon was really well acted and really quite funny and like it's all in a um, weird sort of 80s uh, I 80s. think it's 79 79 oh. <laughs> 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 it is an 80s vibe like northern England yeah. it's like very it's, it's you know there, there's a little bit of you know sort of uh, racism um, sprinkled in as a sort of commentary on northern England at the time 
Um, but it's, it's just a really funny episode, and it doesn't it doesn't really make much of a political point. I mean, I suppose there's a warning about nuclear war, um, if you reach for it. But yeah, there's nothing wrong. I really enjoyed that episode. I understand why mm. most are probably a little bit ambivalent towards it because it doesn't. Again, it's one of those. It doesn't leave you with like a really like kick in the teeth point on the last line. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, and I'd love you know do do another series, a whole series of just episodes like that. Yeah, and 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 this is the thing. I um I don't have a problem with Demon Seventy Nine at all. It was good. There's not much to say. I had more opinions on the other episodes and I think I'm not quite sure about create more series just like this because I think it would maybe lose its identity but yeah, I, I, I don't mind episodes like this thrown into seasons I'd rather you don't try anything at all than start exploring something and then just completely drop it drop it um, where and this was just like a recreation of a something that's been done before in a really completely different way. Mm. Um, whereas I, th- you know, like I say, and I'll I'll definitely die on this sword. I think Maisie Day ha- ha- start something was started and it was it, it was not bothered with. So I yeah. definitely prefer episodes like this. The way it was presented on Netflix. I know you say it's Netflix's fault. I still think you could have just gone make this this one episode five oh, you could go a step further just just and you could say why didn't you just release another three episode season because he did that four years ago 2019 it was just three episodes now i don't remember which three episodes they actually were so it was care. um strike and vipers which people hated i didn't mind that one i didn't i didn't mind it at all i thought it was fine it was um rachel it was the Miley Cyrus one with the oh, robot yeah. and then there was the one with um, and then there was the good one the really good one in the series uh, Smithereens with Andrew Scott where he plays a yeah, cab driver see all three of those were strong and very true to Black Mirror's kind of like objective and, and tone um, so maybe like you know I don't think there's anything wrong with um, just releasing three episodes I guess it's been four years and the audience wants more. I think people would have been disappointed if it just dropped three. So getting a nice five episode series is uh, is is better. There, there is something. I think there is something in some of the episodes being weaker though to make Fair the enough. other ones even more <laughs> yeah. impactful. Yeah, um, there's nothing wrong with occasionally Black Mirror not being missing. Quite as yeah, Black yeah. Mirror as 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 the episodes either side of it. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good series. That's all right, isn't it? Something that I did stand out to me a little bit um, with this latest season is that Netflix is trying to get on board with its own criticism. So I noticed somebody tweet in response to I've retweeted it on there on the Green Prince account. Like somebody wrote uh, about Jonah's awful being um, a, a commentary on on Netflix um, and saying, "Oh yeah, you know, like skewering." Netflix is screwing itself on its own platform and Netflix retweeted it and to me it's like a sort of evidence of, of, of Netflix kind of green lighting its own criticism and being like oh yeah like look at us we're self aware and you know like we're kind of on board with you guys <laughs> shaking our fist, shaking your fists at the, the terms and conditions and, and all that kind of thing like it's a big corporation trying to get on side of the, with the little guy in a way and it kind of makes it more sinister um it's like laughing when you're the butt of the joke, like 
as though that takes attention off you. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't sit with me right. I don't like. I think. I think. I think. Uh, Black Mirror criticizing Netflix on Netflix's own platform is one thing, but Netflix saying, "Oh yeah, do more of that" is another. You know. Yeah, it's. Uh, it is sinister. It's. It's trying to portray itself as as not the necessarily the bad guy. Yeah. You know, we yeah, understand yeah. that this is happening. We can but be self-aware critics. But, but, but are, you know, are Netflix going to change how they operate as a result of this? Absolutely not. Um, because I, I think Lock Henry almost is, you know, another commentary on that as well. You know, Netflix allowing something, you know, an episode such as that when Netflix is probably, you know, the share price has skyrocketed because of things like Making a Murderer and... Mm. And uh, I can't remember if the staircase was on Netflix. I think it was I think as it well. Was, yeah. You know, and uh, that's a weird one the, to the, name drop. Though. The guy about the, you know the American footballer um, that like committed three murders and they really struggled to prove it and stuff like that. Yeah. And he had a, a brain injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's that's the 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 self awareness. You know, inverted commas is is. is uh, is questionable, a, isn't it? Is is uh, definitely from a sinister perspective yeah. because it's, you know, it's like it's like Apple acknowledging that their lithium's harvested in um, mines in the DC, and then like Congo. and then like releasing South Park style co- comedy on that on Apple TV or something. You know, <laughs> you know um, it's it, that's exactly it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> We harvest in, in yeah. the, the Democratic Republic of Congo, yeah. but you get your phone. Yeah. See, like, you it's know, like it's... getting on board with both sides of it. Like, look, if we if we can also be the main distributors of our of our criticism, like of our opponents, then but I think it's tr- you're trying to take the sting out of it. Well, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I almost actually, I actually think calling yourself out for something before someone else can. <laughs> yeah, and and. I think this might end up having the adverse effect because, you know, you watch net people watch Netflix. They some may know about the issues, but but will just refer refrain from making it a thing because they want to continue using Netflix. Mm. Now Netflix shining the light on their own activity makes millions more people actually take notice of it yeah but then just not talking about it and not addressing it it. face though because i mean we're not going to stop you know uninstall netflix as a result yeah i mean the quality of netflix i think is reducing quite significantly yeah but that's a different thing like it's it's netflix going oh yeah look look at the problems that we're you know we're so unafraid that we're going to air air out ourselves and the problems that that we're you know the problems in our corporation on our own platform to you and you still can't do anything you know like yeah it's it's rubbing it in your face because you know what i mean where are you going to turn you know you, you uninstall netflix and what you got left apple tv amazon prime whatever you know and they all do it but there's like five or six right and they're all they all have their own niche they're all they're all competing for rights over different stories i mean apple tv or amazon are never going to corner uh, black mirror because it's exclusively netflix mm. you know they're not going to give up the rights to that moving on um, 
over the you know all six I've been saying five all six seasons of Black Mirror what are the most standout episodes for you have any of them been in this most recent uh, season or are they all I don't know back in 2011 or whatever so there were two episodes that always stuck out to me not not really because they were the best but I think they almost they just resonated quite a lot um so the entire history of you always gets me yep so the entire history of you memory chip you that you that you kind of install on your head and you basically can take it off and flick through everything you've seen yeah, every memory yeah. rewind you your own vision and yeah. Stuff, yeah um that always kind of that for me that was in season one and and that just just will always sit with me mm. and and I think going back watching it um it's it's not like the most entertaining for me but it really like really hit home when I was 14 and I watched that like <laughs> you know that was that was crazy so yeah. so that one and then the other one is nosedive um you know girl woman Value is based on how you're seen on, in, social, on media. social media. Yeah, that for me, that is is, uh, is and okay. you know, real you could you know, you can't buy a house if uh, yeah. you don't have a high enough approval rating on social media. I mean, that for me was was just the perfect commentary. <laughs> um, and th- there are other ones that are definitely I I would like to I would really want to rewatch. Um, yeah. White Christmas as well was always one. White Christmas is one of mine. Um, yeah, really nice. Um, I thought it was cool. I, a cool idea to explore like the ramifications of of technological advancements on punishments, and that's cool. Like committing people to a thousand years in a in a particular memory or something like. Yeah. That. I mean, you you know, you're committing an AI version of them to you know, and impossible length of time like in terms of a sentence because they're not going to die like things like that like <sighs> yeah horrible to think about and uh and, and there's a lot of ones that like people didn't love that I really like I like Crocodile as well yeah, yeah. um or the, the insurance uh person ends up like stumbling onto like you know something completely more sinister but they're just trying to work out they're just trying to process an insurance claim yeah um and th- there are so many, but I think yeah, the nosedive is probably the most significant one for me, yeah. and the one I've got I've got a game, you know I've got a nosedive board game like you know that <laughs> was that was big, um, and, and and extremely well done, um, and it's been a I, I'm so glad that the series has been created. Yeah, I think for me the uh, standout episodes across all of them. Well, the, the episode that grabbed me and got me into Black Mirror was Sanji Napero. That was when I was like, oh, okay, this guy can write. Because it's such a good example of short storytelling. You're not, you're not told anything. You're, just, you're following this, this woman who's going from party to party and, and every night seemingly getting ready in a different environment and in different clothes and then going into the same bar, but it's like a different vibe. Or like, you know, like... Um, and she's walking to characters and they're going oh I haven't seen you since oh you don't hang around the 60s much or whatever like, and you're just trying to work out what's going on just it's such a good example of a writer just giving you the clues and nothing else 
and being like, work it out. And there's little lines of dialogue that just make no sense. Like there's there's a, there's a minute where they're sitting on the rooftop and one of them says, one character says to the other, like, you're not gonna jump, are you? And she goes, well, if you do, I hope you have your pain receptors turned all the way down. And as an audience, you're like, what? <laughs> like pain receptors, like are these, you know, and that's, you don't have anything before that point that would have suggested at all that they're not like, you know, that, that they're not human, that it's not just what hap- what's happening isn't very normal in day to day. And you, you're just picking up on these little things. Um, and it's beautiful. They only have, I think it's an hour every, I can't remember the episode very well now. It's been a long time. I should rewatch it, but I think they only have an hour per night to, to sort of live in whatever way they want. Or anything. And there's, there's just little, you don't, you don't get told that, but there's just, you know, scenes where a character's at the bar and he just looks at his watch a few more times than a normal person might it's because they're conscious they've only got an hour and all these little hints that it's just perfect there's no exposition there's no nobody telling you what's going on you work it out for yourself and the reveal is you know you grant yourself and the reveal is a, a, a really well told love story between these like really two likeable characters in a, in, a, in a situation that you'd never think up it's brilliant yeah Sanji de Perra and the soundtrack and all really really good so this is quite difficult because I rate Black Mirror as a whole as like a nine out of ten in general. Okay. Um, so if we talk about season six, as this, yeah, this is the, because it's an anthology of stories. It's quite difficult, um, and I, I so I'm looking at the way Black season six lines up amongst other seasons. Um, I did think a couple of the episodes were quite strong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with like... A, uh, I'm actually going to go with the six. Because I had... Season five. For season six. Sorry. For season six. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with the six. I, I do kind of think we've waited for four years and this is quite... In the grand scheme of things. Uh, a weak collection of stories. Mm, fair enough. I think it's really hard. I mean, you know, I hate this rating system at the best of times. And to do, you know, what I'd want to do would be to rate each episode because they're all standalone, you, you know, individually. Do you want to do that? All right. Uh, what's the first one called? Jonah's Awful. Jonah's Awful gets a five. Um, I'll give it a six. Locke Henry gets a eight. Um, I'll give it a seven. Right. What's the third one called? C. Beyond the C. Beyond the C. Which, which is a nine from me. Gets a seven from me. Just maybe an eight. Um, Maisie Day. Four. Yeah, it gets like a two from me. I absolutely despise it. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to drop that as to two or three. Not because of what you said. But <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Uh, and the last one, Devil. Devil. Demon 76 gets a seven. Maybe it's a six. Mm, it's a six, but I preferred it to Jonah's Awful. No, so I've already forgotten the first two ratings that I gave. So, like... I'm so, Locke Henry... I gave an eight. You gave an eight. So, that's number. That's your top yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my top one was Beyond the Sea. I, I want to give eight Beyond the Sea 8.5. This, this is just a mess already. Like, what are we going to do? Add them all up and divide by five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That uh, is a mess already, isn't it? Like, okay, standout episode. We'll just go with that. We've done that for like 10 minutes. Your standout was Lock Henry. And, that was an eight. and my standout was Beyond the Sea, which I want to give an 8.5, which we're not right. allowed to do. But. 
Well, I don't know. I, you know, yeah. I think we have done that in the past. I don't. I don't understand the system. 